1: And the collection is free of sulfates, parabens, dyes, and mineral oil. So experience something new and discover what's good with the Pantene Nutrient Blends Collection.
2: Available now from iHeart, a new series presented by T-Mobile for Business, The Restless Ones. Join me, Jonathan Strickland, as I explore the coming technological revolution with the restless business leaders who stand right on the cutting edge. They know there is a better way to get things done, and they are ready curious, excited for the next technological innovation to unlock their vision of the future. In each episode, we'll learn more from the Restless Ones themselves and dive deep into how the 5G revolution could enable their teams to thrive. The Restless Ones is now available on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You
3: from HowStuffWorks.com. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Kristen. And I'm Caroline. And this is an episode that we are doing that I feel like is one of the most highly anticipated Stuff Mom Never Told You episodes in our history. Yeah. In uh, an episode that we did a few weeks ago now called Dear Ladies, we mentioned the idea of doing a podcast on curly hair, and we were overwhelmed in the best possible way with Curly haired women saying, Yes, please, please do an episode on curly hair. Nobody gets it. Well you, here it is. Here it is. And should we should we start off by both describing our our hair uh, appearance for people who don't know what we look like? Which if you want to know what we look like, you can go to Instagram at stuff mom never told you. So many selfies. Yeah,
2: the internet. Uh so I was born with stick straight. Fine, fine, fine blonde hair. Like fine uh, or fine? No, totally just the first one, okay. not the second one. I actually had a, like a boy haircut for a long time because my mother thought it would make my hair grow in thicker. <laughs> and around the time I hit puberty, my hair turned a lot darker and still was pretty fine, um, but still very, very straight. And so now at 30 years old, sitting in this podcast studio right now, my hair is reddish brown, still very fine, but I used an iron to curl it. Oh, so it's got some wave. It's got some wave, and none of this is natural at all. My hair doesn't do this unless, like, you put me next to the ocean or something idyllic like that, and then
3: it'll get a little bounce to it. So most of the time you have straight hair. Yep. I have uh, wavy hair, I guess, mm-hmm. is how it could be described. It sort of depends on the humidity. Uh, If it gets humid, it can get sort of curly. When I was a kid, I had dark ringlets, but not too many of them, just like every now and then.
2: So did your hair change or?
3: Sort of. I mean, it just kind of depends on the length because I have a lot of hair, but it's fine and uh, prone to wave. So Mm -hmm. it literally just depends on how it's cut, the styling products that I might be using and humidity. But I can make it curly. Mm-hmm. I, I can make it curly. Um, but I wouldn't describe myself as having curly hair. So for curly haired listeners, I, you know, we got to admit we're a couple outsiders yep. talking about this. But, um, so, so first we want to kick off with just a few things that you had to say about the experience of having curly hair. Right. And Kia wrote us and
2: said, I've always had blonde ringlets and growing up, it has always been a struggle to like my hair for most of my life. It's been the only thing about my looks that people complimented me on. So I grew up thinking my hair was the only beautiful
3: thing about me. And if I didn't have it, I wouldn't be beautiful. Meanwhile, Emily writes, I hate how the curly hair I usually see in the media is always hot curled and highly stylized instead of natural and even a little frizzy. I have curly hair and for the longest time felt like I had to take a curling iron to my hair after blow drying it straight first to get that perfect curl that everyone else seemed to have. And Emily, I know exactly what you're talking about. It took me. Years to realize, and the same kind of revelation as when we all discovered that Photoshop airbrushing exists, that the curls you often see in ads are pre-straightened and then post-curled.
2: Yeah, because you'll see women with naturally curly hair, or who we know have naturally curly hair, like Sarah Jessica Parker, Nicole Kidman, people like this, who, their hair is this beautiful, tight curl that does frizz because it's hair. It happens. And when you see them on the red carpet, if they're wearing curls, it's always like that really straight, shiny, like only half
3: barrel curled hair. Yeah. Yeah. It takes a lot of work to get picture perfect curls, apparently. Uh, And then finally, Danielle says, uh, I have quite curly brown hair and decided to retire my straightener several years ago and embrace my curls. I've always been surprised and sometimes annoyed with the amount of questions my curly hair garners. People frequently ask, is it natural do you ever straighten it? And also, are you Jewish? So people have a fascination apparently with curly hair. Yeah. What a, what a tangled web we weave. Interesting. Yes, a tangled web of hair. So first off, why don't we kick off with the science of curly hair versus straight hair? Because it's pretty fascinating. And I did not know, Caroline, that whether you have curly hair depends on the shape of your hair follicles, which, of course, is determined by genetics. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, if your follicle is oval,
2: you're going to end up with curly hair. And if it's circular, you're going to end up with hair like mine, which is sticks straight. And that, my friends, is determined by genetics. And this got me thinking about my own family, because everyone on my dad's side has straight hair. My mother has straight hair, but it's very thick, but her brothers have curly hair. It's, I don't know. I just didn't inherit that gene.
3: Yeah, there was a 2009 discovery published in the American Journal of Human Genetics of what's called the trichohyalin gene, which is apparently responsible for creating curls. I guess it promotes those oval shaped hair follicles. And according at least to an article in the Telegraph reporting on this finding, Curly hair is highly heritable, and you get a 90% chance of inheriting it. Right, because it's a dominant gene,
2: right? Curly hair is a dominant gene. And what makes me sort of melancholy and blue reading that is like, cool, so so many people get this curly hair gene. It's a dominant gene. We should love ourselves. We should always think we're beautiful and revel in self-acceptance. But... You don't see that many people with really curly hair, at least in the media, at least in TV and in magazines and things like that. And so there's all these women walking around out there in the universe, mostly just Earth, who think that they need to straighten their hair to conform to beauty standards. When really, ladies, y'all are like the majority.
3: Yeah. Genetically, genetically, you yeah, those dominant genes. It's true. Uh, but I do wonder, quick side note on hair follicle shape. Is there a follicle then related to wavy hair? Do I just have like squashed grapes all over my head or something? <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Yours are all, yeah. Well, it's like a mixed bag. You've got mixed nuts for follicles. Excellent. It's like a trail mix up there. Um, there was also uh, this condition reported on in an NPR, and it doesn't have a specific name, and scientists don't exactly know why it happens. But apparently, for a very small group of people, hair texture will fluctuate over time between curly and straight and back again. Yeah, I have a friend um, that this happened to. She had always had
2: curly blonde hair and not at puberty, but much later, like after college, her
3: hair straightened itself out. Well, there's one, one big reason, actually, why people are interested in the genetics of your hair texture is because it would be just a massive financial boon to the hair care industry. If they could figure out some kind of a pill that you could take that would do just that switch Mm -hmm. the hair texture. So instead of having to go through all of the flat ironing or curling iron nonsense, I could just pop a pill for six months and have super curly hair and then pop another pill and then have super straight hair. Yeah. And then we'd be living like the Jetsons or something, (laughs) or we could just all learn to except our hair.
2: Right, and I would hope that that would come first before a hair-changing pill, but they also talked about that gene that you mentioned, the the trichohyalin gene, um, possibly being able to help forensic experts out at crime scenes. So, like, if you know, like, okay, well, this was a man, and he was however,
3: whatever other traits that they figure out. Oh, well and also, we can tell that he had curly hair based on that DNA evidence. Yeah. Um Well, when it comes to... Tangles. Curly hair, you win. There was a study published, believe it or not, in the American Journal of Physics, which confirmed that curly hair is in fact less tangle prone than straight hair because they did all of this like, uh, like 3D modeling of how curly hair moves and it gets less tangled because curls move as a unit. Yeah,
2: picture Felicity's hair blowing in the wind yes. as she walks down the street in New York City. Um, yeah, they found that, uh, curly hair averages about only three tangles per head. Whereas straight hair averages more than five tangles. And let me tell you, I must be an outlier because my straight hair averages approximately 13.5 million tangles.
3: Oh, I think that's also related to how fine our yeah. respective hair is. No
2: kidding. This, this just like reading for this podcast was so illuminating for my own head because I mean, put me in a boat or put me in a car with an open window, and I'm just like, you will definitely see me sitting with my hands over my hair the entire time because if I were to then step out of the moving vehicle, it would be... Not a pretty sight. Caroline, if I could put you on a boat, girl, I would. Well, it's, uh, you know, the scene in um Bridgeton's Diary when she and Hugh Grant are driving up to the countryside and he's in a convertible and she loses her headscarf and she shows up to the hotel and her hair is like a giant bird's
3: nest. Is that you? That's me. <laughs> uh, well, you and I both mentioned humidity and how it can change our hair shape, and I'm sure a lot of people listening experience the same thing. Uh, there was an article in Smithsonian Magazine talking about why it is that humidity promotes that frizz factor, and it's because humidity obviously contains water molecules, which then promote hydrogen bonds between the keratin proteins that make up our hair matter. And so those additional hydrogen bonds will ultimately cause our hair to fold in on itself at the molecular level, which amounts to
2: frizz. Yeah, I mean, hair is super susceptible to humidity. There are even tools that use a hair to figure out how humid it is outside. Although those might be tools from like the turn of the dawn of the time. Anyway, no, I, yeah, I, this humidity I for as straight as my hair is naturally, if I have been heat styling it a lot and it's super damaged, then I am very susceptible to humidity and my hair will curl up and I will look like a poodle. And so uh, in this study, they're looking at the different types of curly hair and they're talking about how typically we designate only three types and it's according to race, whether you're Asian, Caucasian, or African, and they're just thinking there's got to be more to it than that.
3: Yeah, so they sampled hair from 22 countries around the world and yielded actually eight curliness types based not on where you're from, but the number of curl crests in the individual hairs. Because, I mean, if you look at, just say, uh, African hair, there are uh, different types of textures in terms of how tightly coiled the hair is. You might have larger curls, as they're called, or tighter curls. And so it, it was kind of a cool study basically saying, hey, there's actually a lot more diversity within curly hair than we usually recognize. So they now say that there are these eight different kinds of curls. And um it reminded me of... This quote from a Time Magazine article by Jeffrey Kluger talking about the physics of curly hair and how it moves. And it it just goes to show how sort of fascinatingly complicated curly hair can be. Uh, He writes, quote, but a curly hair shaft is defined by more than its shape. It also has its own thickness, stiffness, and weight, which is particular to the person. The actual numbers of hairs per square inch on any individual scalp can differ from that of another person, too. And that greater or lesser crowding may also play a role. So really, even with those eight curliness types that the study identified, you could then subdivide that into an infinite number of of possibilities for curliness texture. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've talked a
2: lot about different types of curly hair and the physics of it, which is so interesting. I would never think of hair and physics in the same sentence. But we haven't talked about the
3: sad fact of women working so hard to change their hair. So I first noticed this flat ironing trend becoming something that, like, everybody was doing specifically in high school, mm-hmm. and it might have just been because I had been homeschooled in middle school, but it was around maybe 10th or 11th grade that the pretty girls in particular, the ones who took the best care of their their beauty maintenance, would get their hair professionally straightened. They would get high-end flat irons. I remember going over to my friend's house, um, and remember, I just have basic wavy hair, it still sits relatively flat on my head, going over to her house and her telling me that my hair was not acceptable What for going out to whatever party we were going to go to and sitting there and her flat ironing my hair for like 30 minutes to achieve this specific look. I feel like we've trended away from flat iron hair and we're also seeing more acceptance of natural hair Mm -hmm. african-american natural hair um as i think our definition of what beautiful hair looks like is thankfully expanding but the tyranny of the flat iron caroline yeah man have you ever flat ironed your hair
2: oh yeah that's how that's actually how i curl it too is using a flat iron oh doing that trick yeah um but no, I, I, well, I do because it's a cycle, man. Like, the more you heat style it, the more it damages your hair, and the frizzier your hair gets, and then the more you need to flat iron it to make it straight so that it's not a frizz ball, so... And the hair care companies
3: grow richer by the day. Man,
2: yeah, GHD with your flat irons? Jeez,
3: just take my whole bank account, why don't you? Well, clearly women have had curly hair since we have had hair on our heads, uh, but let's look a little bit at the cultural history of curly hair,
0: when we come right back from a quick break. Okay, so a recent study found that a great hair day makes you happier and more confident. But that same study also revealed that 95% of women don't feel great about their hair.
1: I can definitely relate to the confidence part because if my hair is doing something
0: And Sundays on NBC, watch it live. There's sure to be big twists and huge surprises.
1: So you'll want to enjoy your Good Girls experience in a spoiler-free zone.
0: The all-new, all-hilarious season of Good Girls, Sundays on NBC and stream anytime. Writing in the Encyclopedia of Hair, which
3: is a fascinating resource uh, by Victoria Shero, she writes about how naturally curly or frizzy hair has gone in and out of fashion for centuries, if not longer. But while all this is going on, women in particular have always spent as much time trying to curl their hair as to straighten it because... Thanks to the rise of fashion and us trying to look certain ways based on fashion trends, it seems like we've often tried to achieve looks that are part straight and part curly. For instance, going back to the latter half of the 19th century, when women would smooth and pin up their long hair, but then curl the fringes or their bangs, get those little little sausage curls on the side. So like any prom hairstyle? Yes. Or, well, it's funny, like talking
2: about half straight and half curly, I mean, if you read a lot of women's fashion magazines and they're telling you, they're giving you instructions on how to give yourself those big bouncy waves, a lot of them, and I've read a lot of women's magazines, uh, they will tell you to not curl like the top part of your head. And to, like, leave it straight to your ears and then just curl the bottom part. So it, the more things change, Kristen. Exactly.
3: Well, and apparently when it comes to hair as a fashion statement and us following these fashion trends, we might have Queen Elizabeth and her curly hair to thank for kicking all of this off in the 1700s. Uh, Rose Whites, who has studied the sociology of women's hair, talks about how, Uh, Queen Elizabeth I wore her naturally curly hair short and thus wealthy English women at the time followed suit. And so by the 1700s, women were choosing their hair based on fashion. And that trickled down from the upper to the lower classes as well. That is something I would never heard. Like I have literally never
2: heard anything about. Queen Elizabeth starting a hair trend with short, curly hair.
3: Well, it seems like we have those queens in England to thank for all sorts of uh, fashion traditions, such as Queen Victoria with her white wedding dress. And her underwear. And her underwear, <laughs> it's true.
2: <laughs> well, moving on to the 19th century, many girls at this time were wearing those long drop curls like Kristen was talking about. And also during this time, you get the first chemical straightening products, including something called Curly Q. And women were going to all sorts of lengths <laughs> to to straighten their hair, including things like tying it down with cloth to pull it out straight. They would also oil it and apply a hot iron or run a hot metal comb through it. And tch, wh- why do we have to suffer so?
3: The tyranny of the straight hair. Seriously. I'm telling you. Um, in the early 1900s, the first modern flat irons are invented. And it is actually... Scottish lady Jennifer Bell Schofield, who's credited with inventing the first hinged two-plated heat iron in 1912. Thanks a lot, Lady Schofield. (laughs) Uh, Well, I mean, I would much prefer a flat iron, though, to oil and a hot metal comb. Oh heck yeah. Well speaking of oil and hot metal combs, this is a technique particularly associated with African American hair and straightening it. And in this podcast, we're this is sort of an umbrella episode on curly hair in general. We plan to come back and do an episode looking specifically at African-American women and their hair and natural hair and a lot of discrimination that goes with it and longstanding racism, because when it comes to women straightening their hair, particularly in African-American communities, there's such an ugly history of racism tied up with that because of the preference for northern European features with lighter skin and long, smooth or just softly curling hair yeah and i mean
2: social attitudes and advertisements for decades and decades and decades and decades convinced so many african-americans in our country that they needed to use pomades creams hot combs to make their hair look the way it quote-unquote should that african-american hair as it grows naturally from your head is something that denotes dirtiness or laziness or just not conforming to social standards.
3: And in fact, there are some historical records, uh, this is coming from the encyclopedia here, that showed that if female slaves happened to have longer or smoother hair, some jealous slaveholding wives would force them to or sh- actually shave themselves those women's heads so that they would be considered less attractive. That is right there. The power of hair. And when it comes to African-American hair care, I mean, these kinds of products and straightening methods did foster a lot of cottage industries up to Madam C.J. Walker's hair care empire, uh, which she started out with the wonderful hair grower. And uh, the name might be familiar to uh, a lot of podcast listeners because we've mentioned her before as she is the first self-made African American female millionaire in U.S. history, but the sort of again the the tyranny of the straight hair um, has a really ugly underbelly to it, as uh, Curly Nikki wrote about over on her blog, which is a great resource. She writes, "quote In the 1800s and early." 1900s, kinky, curly hair was deemed inferior, ugly, and unkempt in comparison to the flowing, bouncy hair of people from other cultures. The caricatures of blacks that surfaced during that time in movies, children's books, on laundry detergent and food products were commonplace and they taught blacks and whites alike to loathe the appearance of black hair and to associate it with dirtiness, unruliness, and even character traits like laziness and dishonesty. Right. Talk about like some loaded hair. Yeah. And so all of this is in this pursuit of what is supposedly socially
2: acceptable and necessary. But when we get into the 1960s and we have things like the black power movement, we have the civil rights movement. We are starting to see more Afros because there develops this cultural association between letting your hair grow naturally and displaying your hair in a way that is not um, trying to submit to some white northern European ideal and then being proud of your hair by actually growing it out. But because it is during this time, and a lot of white people were a little iffy about this black power m- movement that's arising, that hair also became associated with counterculture that really tended to kind of upset or worry the establishment.
3: Yeah, so, I mean, there's there's long been this controversy about, like, w- w- the appearance of natural hair, but that's also led to now centuries of women essentially being forced in a way based on, you know, the, these cultural biases and outright racism to undergo these treatments to straighten their hair in order to conform to a particular look that we find, you know, more, more acceptable and more respectable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one woman who is having none of it anymore
2: is Lorraine Massey. She's a hairstylist, a curly haired hairstylist who wrote the book Curly Girl, which is almost like a Bible for curly haired women talking about how to take care of it, where to go get your hair cut, how to do it, all that kind of stuff. And she talks about how women with curly hair have fought with it all their lives. She talks about curly haired girls being teased in school and at home for not fitting in with that socially acceptable appearance and ending up feeling unsophisticated, silly and juvenile.
3: Yeah, I mean, not just among the African-American community, but clearly from the listener mail that we have gotten asking for this podcast topic it like women of all sorts of backgrounds with all sorts of curly hair textures have experienced all of these tangled up cultural biases regarding their hair we have and i was surprised to not find a single Paper looking at these perceptions that that people have of curly hair because there are all sorts of papers on like, well, what do people think of women with you know blonde hair versus red hair versus brown hair, et cetera, but not so much looking at just the texture of hair in a broad way. There are lots lots of papers looking obviously at uh, discrimination and natural hair uh, among African American women in particular. But anecdotally at least, It's like every woman with curly hair has a horror story Mm -hmm. of being of people assuming that she is one way or another. And people like Bravo's millionaire matchmaker and all around kind of terrible human being, Patty Stanger, are, are sort of the reasons why you know life can be awful if you have curly hair. She always talks about on the show how, or she at least always tells the women who she's setting up with her millionaires that they need to have straight hair. If you walk into her thing into her office, and you have curly hair, she always says, straighten it. And she told the New York Times, quote, I just know that to be a dream girl, you need straight, long, silky, humidity-resistant hair. Which, Patty, that hair scientifically doesn't exist. Um, But... Do you think... I mean, is she tongue-in-cheek at all? No. No? No. God, no. No? I've watched... I'll confess. I've watched enough Millionaire Matchmaker to tell you she's not... Being tongue in cheek. And I think it is more broadly speaking because there is this association we have between larger curly hair and it's being, you know, it being messy and wild and perhaps even dangerous. And uh, there's this woman, Penny Howell Jolly, who is an art history professor uh, who studied women's hair in art. And she was talking to McLean's about how uh artists frequently depict Eve for instance with sinuous curls alluding to the notion that Eve seduced Adam into sin So you have that that wild curly hair watch out she's dangerous or you have for instance Medusa and her hair of snakes it looks like you know wh- large curly hair going on and how oh Medusa dangerous woman yeah if you look at her hair you'll turn to
2: stone that's right well, so ABC News' Taryn Winterbrill decided to test people's perceptions about curly and straight hair, specifically men's perceptions of specifically her hair. So she had these pictures of herself, one with straight hair, one with curly hair, interspersed with actresses and got these men to describe her and rate her uh, on various levels of different attributes. So when she had curly hair, they described her as a teacher, as warm, average frazzled and giddy when she had straight hair when they saw the picture of her with straight hair she was described as classic pretty nice centered and friendly her total uh, attractiveness score her total score overall jumped from 25 out of 50 to 31 out of 50 but it's funny that in person when she actually went to job recruiters they preferred her as the curly-haired version. They said that she was almost too cocky
3: when she had straight hair. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Well, that also is probably just digging into issues of women's perceptions or perceptions of women in the workplace in general. God help us if we look cocky. Yeah. Via our hair? Yeah. Somehow? I don't know. Um There was one thing, too, that uh Curly Nikki brought up on her blog, but I, I didn't find any study on but would be fascinating to look at and it was something that we talked about in our movie Magical Makeover episode as well as our podcast on women in glasses
2: mm-hmm.
3: It was sort of how curly hair is often used as a symbol on the big screen to signify women who might be sexy, wild, unkempt, zany and you might see characters' hair get straighter as the woman figures out her life, sort of like in Pretty Woman. Okay, Julia Roberts, mm-hmm. when she is a prostitute, has that gorgeous red curly hair. And by the end, she still has gorgeous red hair, but it is much straighter yeah. and is much more, you know, coiffed, if you will. Exactly.
2: So, I mean, someone who also has curly hair in a movie, Kristen, would be Glenn Close in Fatal Attraction. Maybe not the most flattering portrayal. Of a woman with curly hair. But then, like I mentioned earlier, you've got Felicity, who, even though I have straight hair, she's like a hair hero to me because, well, her her and whoever in the show decided to let her keep her curly hair for the show. But I mean, I think it's so amazing to see a woman with hair like that
3: on television because you just don't. Well, do you think, though, that that ties into her portrayal, at least in the first season, as being a little bit quirky? Quirky, naive, a little earthy. Yeah. Yeah. Sarah Jessica Parker in Sex and the City is also an interesting case study because obviously she has, you know, Carrie Russell-esque curly hair, although to to a less degree. And I feel like her hair, I mean, her hair is hugely important to her character as Carrie Bratch on the show, but she's, you know, she's a sex columnist. She's fun. She's wild. And there is one season later on the show where she does some hair straightening and it's just, it's weird. It's almost like strange to see her on screen with such straight hair. Mm -hmm. Um, but I feel like that's part of it too. That's like part of her just like outward. Wildness. And it triggers
2: something in you as the viewer. It's, it's a, it's a symbol. It's a sign. It's like, okay, well, I'm supposed to think this about this person.
3: Yeah. Because she's sort of like, it's like, oh, well, look at you. You have this curly hair and you're brave and you're this modern liberated woman. Yeah. Or you're uh, a sad sack like Anne Hathaway's character in The Princess Diaries and you need to be made over and straighten that hair stat. Yeah, I think that's the most problem, the problematic thing with all of it is when they're like, okay, this is the way that we show how a woman is getting herself together. Her hair becomes much straighter. And I think when it comes to, uh, African American women and natural hair on screen, you know, I think well, first of all, it's just so rare mm-hmm. to even see. But usually if you do see it, it probably is in a character who might be more confrontational and louder and a bit more out there. Yeah. As physically demonstrated by her hair that might be out there. Well, I mean, and you know, we we've touched a little bit on hair in the workplace.
2: Uh to sort of go off of what you were just talking about, Kristen, I have a, a friend of mine who um, let her hair grow out naturally. And it's beautiful. But her first day interviewing for a job at, uh, her company, she had her hair pulled back. So it was kind of poofy in the back, but it was very slicked back up front. And the, her future boss told her that, Oh, well, I expect that you'll wear your hair like this every day.
3: No, my gosh. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah. My friend that did not sit well with my lovely friend. Did she continue working there? She did. She not only accepted the job and continued working there, but for her first like year or so, she did pull her hair back very tightly into a bun like every single day. And it wasn't until she'd worked there for a little while that she slowly started like, okay, well, maybe I'll just wear it like half up or maybe I'll just do like half braid or whatever. And to the point where finally she was like she
3: was still too afraid of making the boss angry to like let her hair fully out. Yeah, Glamour Magazine years back now had to issue a public apology because in some kind of beauty do's and don'ts column that they had regarding hair in the workplace, the author specifically said that black women should keep their hair as subdued as possible to maintain a professional look in the workplace. And, and this is something though, this idea uh, that curly hair is just unprofessional in general, whether you are, you know, a black woman with natural hair or even just, you know, a white woman with naturally curly hair, like Carrie Russell, for instance, constantly you hear this advice that like, oh, you know what, you're going to want to straighten that for interviews. You're going to want to keep it slick. And um, this was something that Megan McArdle, for instance, who is a very esteemed reporter for The Atlantic, talked about, she said, moreover, for better or worse, smooth hair has become synonymous with professional in America. And Jessica Kupferman, talking to The Grindstone, talked about how uh, curly hair seems to represent a lack of seriousness, which goes against the slick, backed power suit look women are supposed to aspire to in the corporate world. Perhaps it is, she thinks, because curls are so unabashedly feminine. I buy that theory. I I buy that people look at curls and think that it's too, like, oh, you're you're being too casual and feminine, and you need to be more serious with your slicked-back hair. I do not think that is the case, though, when people look at black women's hair and say, oh, you know what? Your, your natural hair, that's simply too feminine. That is not the, that's not what's going on in their heads. Right.
2: No, I, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, Elle, in addition to glamour, L magazine has recommended straightening your hair to look more professional. But in addition to that, they also said that straight hair feels, feels more groomed and it can be slimming.
3: Yeah, I've seen the straight hair can be slimming thing. There was a um a woman writing a column in the New York Times basically as her public manifesto embracing her red curly hair and she had to do a photo shoot and the stylist was like, Oh, we're gonna straighten your hair, it'll take off ten pounds And she, you know, she did it. And she said she went home and her husband was like, Oh, what do they do to your hair? <laughs> I don't like that. Um but so clearly we have some cultural biases and stereotypes against curly hair in specific applications. I feel like if, you know, it it, it can be okay as long as it is in this stylized medium between straight hair and curly hair. If you've already washed it and straightened it and are now curling ironing it into what we consider to be picture-perfect curls, Mm -hmm. then it's okay.
2: That's so much work. It is so much work. I know I know a lovely young woman who has beautiful naturally curly hair. It's dark brown, so pretty. Girlfriend straightens it every day. Every, even if she's wearing it up like in a bun or a ponytail or something, she still straightens it every day. That's a, that's a lot of time. That's a lot of time. You could be president by now.
0: <laughs>
3: you could be. Um, well, there was a, a study that I'm sure we'll revisit when we do our episode on uh, black women and hair. Uh, it was a study published in the Duke Journal of Gender and Law Policy called The Hair Dilemma. And it was specifically looking at how women of color deal with their hair in the workplace. And they concluded that women often wear their hair in a way to downplay their ethnicity you have Asian women, for instance, actually perming their hair, getting away from their typically straight hair to look less Asian or black women straightening their hair. And even Chicano women chopping their hair short um, in order to sort of uh, downplay, I guess, uh, and maybe mitigate people's internal racist tendencies to make themselves stand out in a more positive light in the workplace.
2: Yeah, like, don't worry. You can stay racist and weird. I'll, I'll curl my hair or straighten my hair, depending, just for you.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, but but the fact of the matter is, I mean, there's obviously a reason why this is happening, and it's because, clearly, discrimination must be at work. It must improve chances if you look a specific way. Well,
2: especially, like, my friend, if you go to a freaking job interview and the, one of the first things the boss says to you after you've essentially nailed the interview because she's a freaking genius... Um, is like, well, so you're gonna, you're gonna wear your hair back like that, right? Yeah. I mean, come on.
3: And it's partially thanks to, as well, the initiatives of people like Curly Nikki or Francesca Ramsey, for instance, um, who is known as Cheskali on YouTube, who have helped raise the visibility and appreciation for natural hair and how beautiful it can be. Oh, and also, um, Akila Hughes, who has a wonderful YouTube channel called, it's, uh, Akila obviously, who I actually did a video with, who has this just gorgeous hair. And the day that we shot our video together, she was really bummed because she had had to get it flat ironed for another hair care video that she was doing. Oh. She was like, my hair should be much larger <laughs> than it is today. Um, so I think that our idea of what hair should look like is expanding, but clearly, at least judging by what we've already heard from curly haired listeners, there is still a ways to go in order to take down the tyranny of the flat iron and straight hair. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with straight hair. Thanks, Kristen. <laughs> but it's, but it's that demand that it should be straight.
2: Yeah. There's social pressures and junk like that, but there's also, you know, internal pressures. And I mean, why am I why am I using a damaging straight iron to curl
3: my hair? Well, that's the thing. You could just write it off as, well, it's just fashion. But I think clearly from what we've just been talking about for the past 30 plus minutes, there's a lot more to it than fashion. Okay.
0: Okay. No need to fake an ankle sprain because you're absolutely exhausted. So switch and save with GEICO. It's almost better than sports.
2: And I would like to, I mean, I hope in my heart of hearts that other women out there have not experienced the kind of weird, awkward, awful job interview thing that my friend did where the boss basically instructed her to wear her hair straight and up. But I do want to hear from you if you have experienced something like that.
3: Curly-haired listeners, I, I hope that this satisfied your curly-haired desires, um, and we want to hear, yes, your stories and experiences. Keep them coming to us. MomStuff at HowStuffWorks.com is our email address. You can also tweet us at Mom Stuff Podcast or send us a message on Facebook, and we have a couple of Facebook messages to share with you right now. Well, the first one here is from Gail, and she is writing because we had asked on our Dear Ladies podcast, the one where we said, should we do a curly-haired episode? We also asked for suggestions of TV shows featuring dynamic female characters. And she writes... The answer is Masters of Sex on Showtime. It has female showrunners, directors, producers, and writers, and focuses on Virginia Johnson and the groundbreaking Masters and Johnson Sex Study. As a show, there is a more mature discussion of female sexuality and relationships between women than I have seen on TV in years, even counting the fact that it's set in the repressive 50s era. The complexity of a single mother juggling a desire for a career in a world in which this is actively looked down upon, and the struggle to acknowledge female sexuality in an environment in which the scientific community knows almost nothing about human sexuality is astounding. Both Lizzie Kaplan and Alison Janey have gotten Emmy nods for their work. Please consider watching season one and perhaps discussing the show and the study itself, which, although flawed, helped create the world we live in today as women. So thanks for the recommendation, Gail.
2: Well, speaking of hair, Kristen, I have a note here from Tracy, who said, I was just listening to your podcast where you talked about curly hair. As an African-American and a retired member of the military, I feel the need to speak up. Throughout my career, I had natural hair and would always be pulled aside to discuss whether I was in regulations or not. I always was, but it was usually by white officers. I'm now retired, but my daughter is in the Air Force and has the exact same problem. She was even pulled aside to have her hair measured with a ruler. Being very aware of the regulations, she is extremely careful because she is always aware of being looked at because of her natural hair. There are others who know they are completely breaking the rules when it comes to their hair. They have dreadlocks or sister locks, and the only reason they get away with it is because the people above them can't even tell a dreadlock from a braid. Other African-American women with natural hair say they have the same issues. There aren't many left. A friend of hers straightened her hair to avoid the problems she was having at work and immediately regretted it, but she didn't have any more problems at work. Once permed, the only thing you can do is chop it off, which we call the big chop, or don't perm it again and transition back to natural hair, which is a long process. Perming and straightening black hair is very harsh and damaging, and it can cause so many problems from burning the scalp and causing baldness to damaging the hair follicles. Looking at any military branch's hair regulations, it appears to be a direct attack on natural African-American hair. I understand the need for neatness and appearance, and I'm aware we are representing the United States. But the texture of my hair doesn't affect how I do my job.
3: So thank you so much for writing in about your experience, Tracy. And thanks to everybody who's written in to us. MomStuff at HowStuffWorks.com is our email address. You can also message us on Facebook. And if you want links to all of our social media, as well as all of our blog posts, videos, and podcasts, including... All of our sources for our podcasts, so you can follow along. There's one place to go, and it's StuffMomNeverToldYou.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com.
1: So here's something that some of you might find shocking.